Hello, Ambush, and welcome to this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast here with me, Colton G. And today on the show, we are joined by singer-songwriter Danny Strong as we go behind the music of her new album, Undefined. Yes, Undefined is the soft more album for Danny Strong and it saw her return into the studio with Juno award winning producer Dan Brodbeck who also produced her debut album Time to Breathe and we're going to be talking about a little bit of the growth between these two albums. We're also going to take some time to dive into some of the tracks off of Undefined like the International Independent Music Award nominated track Not Right Now, which was also featured in Amazon Prime's Hometown Holiday. We are also going to be diving into how Danny balances being a mother, a wife, a business owner with Taylor Entertainment, an employee, and a career musician all at the same time yeah and we are also gonna take some time to talk about the road that danny had to travel in order to get to this point many a dues paid along that road working a merch for tours across canada losing a best friend and even having one of her songs stolen from her yeah all of this all of this and more in today's conversation with country singer songwriter danny strong and it is all brought to you today by deserttigermerch.com because that's where you go to cop yourself something from the show to rep it everywhere you go and show your love for the dtp that is deserttigermerch.com and with the holidays fast approaching i just i just suggest that you get your orders in quick because y'all know how the mail system has been the last couple months you know how it's been yes all right and now now it is time to set the vibe get the energy right for this conversation with the talented Danny Strong, and I can't think of a better way to do this than to play the lead track off of Undefined, than to play for you that song that was nominated for multiple international independent music awards. This is not right now. Like a brick on my shoulders that's piled high And I can't go much further But I'll keep trying for you if you want me to And I don't know how much use I will be to you All those times that I said I'd be there for you I still mean it but I gotta tell the truth 
This is Colton Geschwantner with the Desert Tiger Podcast. Am I speaking with Danny Strong? This is Danny Strong. Hi, Colton. How are you? I am fantastic. And how are you today, Danny? <laughs> I am well, thank you. I'm well. I just got home from a little walk, so I feel a little cold, a little chilly up here, but we're good. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, sometimes it's good to feel that uh, crisp air inside the lungs. Yeah, man. Big time. Big time. (laughs) Where are you? So, I'm located in Kamloops, British Columbia. Ah, yeah. That's awesome. I love Kamloops. That's almost stomping grounds for me. Did you know that? I did not know that, even with my research. Where are are the stomping grounds? Salmon Arm is my hometown. No way. Yeah, I've played a lot of sports in Kamloops and all that stuff through high school. Okay, awesome, awesome. I did yeah. not know that you were uh, out in the uh, Thompson. Heck yeah. Well, I mean, I would be out really, but spent time in Thompson. And, and I actually, Kamloops is one of my favorite places, like geographically speaking. It's always 
it's always just mind blowing. Nobody ever expects what happens to the landscape as you approach Camelot, right? Because you're coming out of like, you know, this luscious green, like if you're heading from Okanagan or Shushwap, you know, these big, beautiful green uh, Monashi mountain range. And then you get to like some random, insane tumbleweed filled desert <laughs> <laughs> that nobody's ever heard of. You're like, what the heck? Like, isn't this that desert down in the States? It's just amazing. Yeah, it's kind of just tucked in the middle of it all. It's kind of lovely. And personally, it, I'm a big yeah. fan of Salmon Arm, too. I love how it's uh, the way that you drive through Salmon Arm when you're going through it. I love the way that it's set up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great place, actually. I'm, man, like, that's where my heart is. I haven't lived in Salmon Arm in quite some time. And after I graduated there, I went to Toronto and... Yeah, and so, you know, I and then we just moved back to BC two years ago, so. Okay, so where where are you now, then? Oh, I'm in Kimberley now. Kimberley, BC, in the Kootenays, which is kind of new. Like, I've never lived here. I've lived in a lot of places, obviously. As a musician, I traveled a lot, a lot. But, yeah, so I'm. we came out here two years ago to Cranbrook originally, and then about a month ago, we moved to Kimberley, and I really... Love it here. I am not one to commit to almost anything. <laughs> commit, commitment really scares me, you know, outside of my, obviously, my husband and my children. But I actually almost think this might be my forever home. I don't know. I love it. I love it in Kimberly. Nice. Well, it's exciting to hear that. Yeah, it's just so close to everything. You know, Salmon Arm is where my heart lies, but it's, you know, well, you know very well, it's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> You know, at least Calgary is kind of a drive away for me. So, yeah. Yes, for sure. All right. So we're here to uh, talk about your new album today, Undefined, as well as a little bit of your uh, musical journey as well. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's talk about that. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to know at what point in all of this traveling between Salmon Arm and Ontario and back to BC again, at what point did you actually make the decision to pursue music? Because from what I see, you had quite a few uh, difficult moments that would definitely break a lot of musicians. So at what point did you actually... Yeah. plan to pursue music. Um, I love that you said that I'm curious about what you research now, but yeah, no, I like my story is I, I literally want to write a book. Not that, not that I'm a fascinating person by any means, but the more people I talk to, I realize that my journey is not quote unquote normal at all. <laughs> I just thought that, I just thought that this is just how people's lives go, but I realize now that it's not, you know, my decision was made really early, really early. And there not, and not at one point, uh, may have been one, one point where like way, way later that I thought maybe, maybe I'm not going to do music, but I decided probably at the age of 12, that that this is it this is now I mean my goal at that point was to be a music teacher so I mean I, I didn't plan on like you know being a songwriter like a professional musician like to the capacity that I am now you know I just my teachers were my life I know it makes me sound like such a loser but I really loved my teachers and essentially they kind of 
made me who I am today. And um, I, to this day, every time I go back to Salmon Arm, which is usually a few times a year, um, I make a point of visiting my teachers. <laughs> I'm such a dork. I just love them so much. And um, my one music teacher in particular, like I had quite a few teachers. They all weren't music teachers, but, you know, Mr. Johnson was um, just so monumental and really kind of nourished the the my love for music and it was uh, really cool so I mean believe it or not it was actually trombone at the time that I like was loving so much but the second I brought a trombone home my dad was like oh no and he bought me a guitar <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of kept going with that and started writing as soon as I had a guitar I started writing songs immediately um, they were all terrible but, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, music was everything to me. It helped me, it helped me communicate, which I wasn't very good at till that point, till I had music. Hey, well, first off, I just want to shout out the teachers because they always say <laughs> yeah. high school is supposed to be our best years, but for a lot of us, they aren't. And yeah. those people help so many people. And the fact that they happen to be around so many of them and they keep their cool while doing it, yeah. shout out to those people. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I honestly, I, I don't know how some, I mean, it's so different now, nowadays. Like, I don't know how a teacher, um, I don't know how it would be now with screens and internet and, and iPhones, you know, I'm dating myself, but I definitely didn't have Instagram when I was in high school. So, I mean, you know, I think maybe there was a lot more connection. I mean, there was a lot more connection in general, like just in, in life, but yeah, no, they, they definitely molded molded me for sure <laughs> awesome so at what point do you make the decision or what event makes you decide that you want to go the singer songwriter route as opposed to the music teacher route that you originally wanted to pursue oh that was easy that was my grade <laughs> <laughs> my grades made that decision for me oh, oh, love it. Uh, you know I shouldn't I'm just kind of half joking I if I you know I'm pretty fortunate I I got whatever grades I needed to get I didn't really have to try I'm not saying I'm super smart like I wasn't a straight-a student by any means but I also didn't essentially really apply myself either because I didn't care I just I did what I loved. Anything that I loved, I would do it full force. If I didn't love it, I just didn't care. And I'm kind of still like that today. Like, I have to be doing something that I'm absolutely passionate about or I will not apply myself. And so, um, you know, it, I got all the grades when I found out. I, so I made the decision I wanted to go to York University in Toronto. That when, I found it, when I decided, made that decision, I found out what grades I needed to get into that school and I got exactly those grades. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> I needed to do, I just did that. And then um, when I was in university, my, so I got into university, thankfully, with um, some scholarship assistance. And so I left seminar and moved back to Toronto. But then in while I was at university, my best friend from high school, who actually who I actually lived with for my final year of high school, I lived with her, and she passed away in my first year of high school. And so, uh, you know, in hindsight, I don't always like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to bring that story in. I don't talk about it too, too much, but in hindsight, for sure that influenced, um, mm -hmm. well, influenced me dropping out of university for sure. And 
and at the time you don't know it, right? You're just like, everyone's like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Because, you know, a best friend at that age is like a marriage almost, right? Like, um, especially because I lived with her and her family. But um, yeah, so I mean, I look back now and I think um, losing her was, was huge. And then I just kind of made some crazy decisions, which definitely changed the trajectory of my <laughs> my life, really. So when I left university, there was there's no chance of me being a teacher at that point. And so, and I was already writing songs and I had just joined a band at that point. And so, you know, I just did the whole, like, I'm going to be a rock star thing. And that's kind of, as soon as I left university, I joined that band and then we hired, um, you know, we all thought that we were going to be famous in that band and my first band. And we ended up like, firing the drummer, I believe, because, <laughs> you know, we were the big real deal. We could fire band members. So we thought back then, and, and then we, so we hired a drummer, um, a professional drummer to play on our first record. And, and that drummer is now my husband. And so that drummer at the time was a drummer for a band called the salads who were doing very well at the time. And we, uh, yeah, so we just hired him and, and then I started hanging out with that guy. We actually didn't even start dating until years after that. We were best friends first. Yeah, so we just started writing. And then I started hanging out with him and um, his buddies and doing the jam nights and stuff. And that's where I started seeing some more people kind of singing their own songs. And and I just started really kind of diving into writing. And then just as the years went by, I, my band broke up and I started playing like, you know, at the jam night with those guys, like before I was even allowed in bars. Yeah. I mean, in the end, uh, we ended up getting married and I started writing and I don't know, the story was kind of crazy, as you know, as you've done your research, there's, <laughs> there's, there's quite a few stories that go in there, but yeah, very, very kind of cool. Mm-hmm, definitely. And like you say, it's you don't want to throw in the story, but essentially this person supported you and was probably like a sister for you. And I can only imagine mm-hmm. probably supported you as a musician as well. So, yeah, well, actually, you're you're not wrong at all. And she but I, I supported her. She was the best singer. I knew ever ever saw like I idolized Candace and um. And so I would actually literally support her <laughs> by playing guitar. So I would play guitar and Candace would be the singer and I would, you know, sing harmonies and stuff like that. But I never actually really considered myself a great singer. And to be honest, I look back at like my very first recording from high school. I was a terrible singer. She was just amazing, like just amazing. And I would sit and I'd watch her and just be like in awe. And so, yeah, I always just kind of, wanted to sing harmonies with her I'd back her up on learn the songs that she liked to sing and stuff like that when we lived together and but yeah so maybe yeah maybe when she passed away too like it could have been it could have been a bit of a I know I was kind of on a little bit of a mission for a while to like do it for Candace like this is for Candace and you know I'm gonna I always pictured myself being on like accepting an award and getting to say her name like you know a lot what we do when we're <laughs> we're first starting out with our dreams and we think we're gonna do all the things we want doing. a grammy yeah yeah when i win a grammy i'm gonna thank candace <laughs> <laughs> that's it's good it's good on you to carry on that spirit mm-hmm. totally 
Mm, all right. So, of course, there was another difficult moment after you uh, found out that you could make your own songs and sing or songwrite and go on your own <laughs> way. From what I can yeah. see, you were almost considering quitting again, and then you find out that one of your songs has been stolen, and somehow this inspires you to not quit, but move forward and make your first record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that when you asked me, you know, how do you not quit, and I, I said, oh, I never would quit. I do. There was that time, like that was uh, 2015. That was 2015 when... You know, so as I told you, my husband was in a band called The Salads, and, and I mean, he really did. Like, he, his band was, I think their peak year would probably be about in between 2002-2004, and, um, you know, they were doing all the war tours, and he really was. You know, they did the red carpet, much music awards, and all this stuff, like, you know, everything we've ever dreamed of, and so he really did it, and I, you know, was spinning my tires and just still doing jam nights, and I had done Nashville Star at that point, like, so in 2006, I was on National Star with Casey Musgraves and had, you know, had some successes there. But, you know, just I guess just didn't have the, the story. And, you know, I had toured, but I toured as crew. So, you know, I was the only girl um, on a tour bus just hauling gear for Theory of a Dead Man, I'm Mother Earth, and Clark Nova. And just, you know, really kind of work. And I did it. I worked hard. I paid my damn dues. Like, I played four nights a week in bars for years, four nights a week doing three sets a night to people that just didn't care, you know, like that's what you do. That's how, that's what life's like. And all the whole while is writing my own songs and, um, you know, playing weddings, which was our bread and butter for a while, playing corporates. And, but, you know, then we had a kid and, and had another kid and we almost lost the first, um, baby unfortunately believe it or not to the exact same thing that took candace's life oh wow so yeah so it was very very crazy when when that happened we just realized okay we're both musicians which is not stable in any form (laughs) (laughs) um you know so when we all you know when you have a when you have a baby it just kind of changes things and when when we almost lost him it just kind of woke us up a bit we're like okay well maybe maybe we need to actually like be grown-ups and and have a real real job, right? And so, yeah, we made the decision, and my husband started an electrical apprenticeship, <laughs> like, really late in his life after, like, touring the world. And, yeah, we both were like, okay, I guess this is what we have to do. And we put our, we signed the real estate papers for our, the house, our first house that we had bought. And at that point, we were going to move to BC then in 2015. Like literally, signing real estate papers, we we're gonna like pack it in, and and that was gonna be it. And literally two days after signing those papers, God was like, "Nope, <laughs> you're not done." <laughs> Basically, that was the way I looked at it because you know that's when I found out I got an email from a producer to a television show in Florida. Um, called Do I Have a Hit Song? So it was a show where it was for original songs and the producer said, I'm I'm the producer of this television show and uh, we have an artist that is here and is presenting her song, uh, your song as her own. And I just was, I didn't believe it at first. I just kind of giggled. I was like, whatever. <laughs> and then I sent it to my producer and I, I said, oh, check this out. Ha ha. And he wrote me back. He's like, Danny, I just, looked into this this is real he's like on her he's like check this out he sent me the website beside this girl's face 
and name, it, you could click and play the song. And sure enough, it was mine. And then we dug a little deeper and gosh, like it was, you know, she had done way more than entered in a competition. It had radio play. She had done interviews. She had submitted it to everything and had been selling it for years on like iTunes, you know, Google Play, Bandcamp, whatever. Oh, yeah. And the craziest part is it it was me. Like, she didn't re-record it. It was, like, my voice. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, was, it was my whole voice. It was my recording. It's just, she just said it was hers. Right? Actually, one of the coolest wow. things that I have is a signed copy of her disc title track time to breathe which is my song oh my god and her picture and she signed it and some when the story broke um somebody that saw her and had purchased this disc off of her um brought it to me and said i thought i thought you might like this and i was like oh my gosh this is so amazing <laughs> it's like her face her name and my song signed <laughs> it's really cool wow yeah yeah totally so i mean to be honest with you like everybody's like oh my gosh like did you sue her and um no man i'm grateful i mean she shouldn't have done it don't don't get me wrong like i i definitely i was a little i was a little worried like at how hard people were coming down on her because i don't know i mean i can't see a person like that being completely all together or or definitely you know there's something there and absolutely yeah so i just you know i just stayed right out of it i definitely issued a cease and a desist like through a lawyer and that was pretty much as far as they went and um because everything from that moment on all of a sudden unfortunately i had a story like none of the other stuff mattered about touring and like you know being on a tour bus and all nobody cared about all like the insane stuff i had done to that point but when somebody tried to steal my song it was like everybody wanted to talk about it and so yeah and so we made the record and and then the record did well and here i am today yeah Take your voice, stand strong and make some noise. Be brave, you are enough, yeah, you are enough. For no pain, no colors, no chains, no borders. I hope if I raise my voice, I will make a change. Cause I am one woman, and I will move. If you take my hand, we'll show them what it means when she sings. Woman, I sing for you. Woman, so do what you do, yeah. Daughter, my hope for you is to have a choice. Okay. 
The Desert Tiger Podcast. For your first record and this new record, Undefined, you got to work with Juno Award-winning producer Dan Broadback. What did Dan bring to the recording process? What did he help? How did he help you grow? Oh man, that's a good question. You know, I think it. I don't think. I think how he helped was he didn't try to help. If that makes any sense. Dan doesn't doesn't push anything on me ever. Never has. Um, we both we always say this. Like we're both so open to what the song needs to make that song the best song. And we listen to each other's ideas. But I usually I write the song and I send it to him, and it doesn't it doesn't really stray too much as far as pre production goes ever. He never changes my songs. Um, he changed one of my songs on the first record. Um, Broken was actually like a piano ballad. <laughs> that was the only time, and he made it like this kick ass rock song. But outside of that, like on the past. Um, this past record especially like we are just a team and he is just phenomenally talented like nobody sounds like him um, as far as his guitar playing and tone I think just the way that he was trained on it which wasn't necessarily schooled and also his voice is just stunning and, and there's so much of his sound in my music that really I always say you know it really is yes I write the songs they're my songs but it it the audio brand of Danny Strong is definitely the two of us. And, um, yeah, and we just, I just love him. Like, you know, and my, you know, my husband loves him. The band loves him. Like just working with him is really, really fun. It's funny and it's a fantastic time. So every single bit of the process is positive. And I can say that because I did do one song. This will be the only time I ever talk about this thing. And I did this song that exists today on on um, all the streaming platforms, but I literally have zero control over it. There is um, a producer that worked with me, and honestly, it started out as a favor. A dear friend thought they wanted to do me a favor by having me work with this, you know, big name producer down in the States. And it was very kind of this person. 
Um, so they paid for me to work with this person, but this producer is like, I don't know. He just, he chose the song. He chose the key of the song for me and then released it without having anything approved by me. So if you go on iTunes or Apple or Spotify and you scroll through Danny Strong, there will be this one like album cover that stands out. It's got this ridiculous red logo that I literally saw myself for the first time when it was released and a photo I did not approve. And it's just me singing this song that is a cover, which I've never done. Like I'm, I'm very, very much a songwriter, very, very much all about writing my own music. But because this person did the favor, I was like, okay, you know, I'll sing this song. And it's like this weird song in a very weird key for my voice. And, and honestly, I actually cried the entire recording. Wow. One of the worst experiences of my life. And I hate saying that because it was just, it was such a kind gesture, but I'm so used to working with this producer who just like we work together and it's more like the music drives me and the music drives Dan when we work together. Whereas this other guy, he just like, I guess that's maybe it's normal that the producer just like bosses you around and literally I must have spent two hours on the first three lines. I'm not even kidding. It was outrageous. It was absolutely outrageous. And, and I mean, creating music should never feel like that. Not in my opinion. So anyway, I mean, it sucks. And now that, that song sits there and it's under my name. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how many streams it has. I know nothing about that song. (laughs) Because that's what happens. You sign, you know, I had to sign a stupid contract and and all this stuff. Everything I've been against my whole life is that song. (laughs) Everything, every single thing about it, other than my friend was just trying to help. (laughs) Well, it's always good on friends trying to help too, but sometimes it's as things don't always work out though. But it just shines light on Dan. It just shines light on, like, just how amazing he is. And, you know, I'm pretty blessed to, to work with him because Dan actually heads up the um, the MIA program at Fanshawe College in London. Like, he is the head of the program. And so he doesn't actually produce all that much anymore. He does a lot of mixing. He really, really loves mixing. Um, he does a lot of mixes, but he doesn't work he doesn't he's not part owner of a studio anymore and, and all that stuff so i'm just real um fortunate that he he only works with artists that he really really has passion working with and so myself there's an artist named raven down in la and she kind of works with him very very different than than my stuff it's so cool she's almost like a goth rock um evanescence type vibe artist and dan actually does all the co-writing on that record and he also works with Ivory Hours and Texas King. And, um, but yes, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of get to be put in that group of artists, which is so cool. Very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So you spent some time talking about a song that maybe you aren't exactly so proud of. So let's maybe take <laughs> some time to talk about a song that's gotten some very good feedback, nominated for a few awards, even included in an Amazon Prime movie hometown holiday let's talk about not right now yeah let's talk about that i like that song (laughs) all right awesome so let's dive into it it definitely seems like a song where 
as people, we always say that we want people to reach out to us and we want to be able to support others. But sometimes we get caught in our own moments of mm -hmm. being wrapped up in whatever it may happen to be. Is this what inspired the song or what, what is behind Not Right Now? Oh, well, that was a, um, that was a good guess on, on that. And yeah, I mean, that would be definitely a take on it. The story behind it for me was, uh, yeah, you know, I am a wife, a mother, an employee, an employer, um, a business owner. You know, I'm a lot of things that require a lot of um, strength and stamina and confidence. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. In I was also, at the time, um, working at a women's shelter that, that I loved. Like, oh, those are the types of things that, like, kind of keep me going. And... You know, life was just catching up to me, I think. I always say, you know, I was kept comparing my life um, to the stories I would hear at the shelter or around me and my friends, and I'd be like, oh, man, my, my issues are nothing compared to theirs. And what am I whining about? I have nothing. I have everything. I have everything. My problems are small potatoes. Like, you know, that's what it was, small potatoes. You know, and then mm -hmm. another thing would happen. Oh, this is small potatoes, small potatoes. And the more small potatoes I would put in this sack I was carrying on my back, the heavier it got. And um, I just remember one day I was speaking with a friend, and she was just going through the most insane, um, the most insane circumstance, I will say. And I felt sick for her. And the weirdest thing, I was just experiencing this emotion I had never really felt. I just, I didn't want to hear it that day. My head was like screaming, stop talking. Like, I can't carry your problem today. And I felt like such a jerk that that's what my head was thinking. I was obviously sitting there just listening to the story because she needed somebody. But that day, I did not want to be the somebody. I couldn't. I was like, I was done. My sack was full. And I could not carry it anymore. And I remember she left and I felt like the worst human ever just for my thoughts. And um, I went downstairs and literally over the next 48 hours wrote, not right now. Um, and it was crazy. And, to the, and now I'm super happy I did because it's okay to feel that way, you know? It's totally okay. Oh, 100%. And it, and it actually holds... And, and it's crazy because it actually was released on November 2nd, 2018 as a single. And that was like two weeks into, you know, when I wrote it, I was still living in Ontario. I had no idea I'd be working, I'd be living in BC and let alone working at a drug and alcohol treatment center um, where I run a music program right now. And I was two weeks into working at this treatment center and it just was like an anthem there an anthem for the people arriving at, you know, rehab, you know, that's just, that's the walk that we're on when, when they get there. And, and it's been such a beautiful journey with that song and with where I am today and with the community that I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of and hear these clients journeys and see their strength. Oh my gosh. Like, talk about strength, watch somebody that, you know, has struggled with addiction and gotten to the point that they just are surrendering all. It's pretty amazing.
Absolutely, and as you say, it's small potatoes, but sometimes it's the small straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you never know what led these people here, too, so I'm glad that they can find uh, solace and comfort sort of in that music program and inside of the single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> No worries. Awesome. So you mentioned a lot of the things you do, like running a music program, being a musician, (laughs) a wife, a parent, a business owner with Taylor Entertainment. So what is it like Mm -hmm. sort of trying to balance (laughs) all of these things? Um, I heard a quote recently that was just so bang on for me. It was somebody else. And I think that I think they, they referenced Nora Roberts. I'm pretty sure that's who said this originally. And somebody asked them the same question, how are you balancing all of this? And the response was, I'm juggling a lot of balls. Some of the balls are plastic and some of the balls are glass. And she said, every day I have to let some of the plastic balls drop. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly like, and that's just it. Like, I fully admit. I'm like, I'm in over my head right now. Like the release of a record is just, ass, is just it's been, mainly because I'm 100%, 100% independent. Like no team. Other than this time, you know, I'm like, you know, I have a bit of a PR team, which I've never had before, but, and I'm super grateful because I don't think I would have made it without them this time that, you know, on top of doing the record, like this release that I've worked on for three years and just want to kind of make sure you keep your best foot forward the whole time. But it's during pandemic and I'm a musician. So I'm also just trying not to lose my house at this point. And, you know, so then you're trying to find other ways to make money. So, you know, I'm working more at the, at the center and then my, the school looks different this year. I'm actually homeschooling a grade six <laughs> on, top of, on top of just being a mom and, you know, all that stuff. So uh, it's beautiful. It's, it, thankfully, I am the personality type that kind of thrives on having to do a million things at once. But I definitely am not excelling. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't think I'm, like, perfecting anything right now. <laughs> so I'm going to definitely have to dive into that word balance and, and figure it out a little more. But I'm also just not stressing about it because that would just be another thing on my plate. So it is what it is right now. It's very true. Sometimes all we can do is our best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about a lot of the things that you've done over the last few years, how certain people have helped you with your creation over the last few years. But there was four years in between your first album, Time to Breathe and Undefined. And you definitely seem like someone who is very retrospective. So I want to know, how do you feel that you have grown not as an artist, but as a human being during this time? through being an artist? Wow. Fantastic question. Um, I mean, so as I stated earlier, music is how I, it's how I communicate. That's where you're going to hear truth. That's where you're going to hear process. That's where you're going to hear coping. Um, all of the above. Music is a tool and a solace in my life. And uh, I do believe that the, these two records, if you listen to Time to Breathe front to back, and then if you listen to Undefined front and back, you will hear 
you'll hear a lot of the change in the growth in, in that, like, and whether it's growth or is this, I will actually say undefined's a bit of a darker record for sure. Uh, there's still, you know, I still go for hope and, you know, empowerment. I mean, it's all through this album. But there's also a lot of hard truth, I think, too, right? Like, Not Right Now being the opening song. And uh, there's just, I think I'm just realer, <laughs> more real. I'm really just not caring about shaping myself for somebody else which I kind of did on the first record. I still love it. I mean, I still love the record, but production-wise, sound-wise, lyric-wise, I chose those 12 songs thinking, oh, you know, the industry the industry will eat this up. And this time I was like, oh, my gosh, like the song Bug in the Bed. That everybody's like, what is this doing it on a country record? And I said, well, <laughs> you know, this just is what it is, and, and I hate to say it, and even if it shoots me in the foot, um, I didn't want to put country on the record. I love country music. It's my family. And I mean, it's all over the album. I mean, there's like two bluegrass songs on the record even. But but I just, I hate, I just didn't want to pick anything. I was like, can I just pick all of them? Like, I don't know. What mood was I in when I wrote that song? It's It changes. and And I mean, I feel, I guess, I'm proud of being talented enough to write in multi-genres. I hate that. I don't mean to sound conceited in that, but I take pride in it. And um, having to be put in the box, you know, one box just felt so constricting. And so I remember texting Dan, like, the day I sent, like, click send with my distributor for the album. I said, should we put Bug in the Bed on the record? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Will I be kicked out of everything in, in country music if I put this song on the record? And he's like, I think you should do it. He's like, I love that song. Like Dan's so excited because he's really proud of his work on Bug in the Bed, and it didn't make the first record. And it was recorded. I held two songs off the first record. I held two songs off the second record. And he's like, oh, no, I'd love for you to put it on. So we put it on because I was like, oh, I just want this to be so real. But that's, um, yeah, so I think maybe just, just, um, not caring so much and, and really kind of see, I have really found who I am in this music industry. I actually, believe it or not, as, as negative as that last two minutes of me talking sounded, I actually am really fascinated by the music industry now, way more fascinated um, with how it operates. And honestly, I'm, I'm trying to make some subtle change. Uh, I have no qualms with the relationships I have. I'm grateful for the relationships I have and who I am in this industry. But I definitely, I, yeah, I want to see some positive change in it as well. And I'd like to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like you definitely are being honest and open. And sometimes, yes, it's nice to fit within a genre, but as musicians, we're also trying to express our feelings in hopes that other people can interpret it their own ways and get through their mm -hmm. own emotions. Big time, yeah, yeah. That is the beauty of releasing music, and I know that even with seeing cheer videos for songs like She Sings and otherwise, <laughs> you're definitely continuing to do that. Yeah, man, how cool was that? That just, like, that just made 
the entire record worth it for me. I loved that more than anything. What a beautiful video. Oh, the amount of time that they had to put into crafting and just filming that alone just makes the song worthwhile. Oh, totally, totally. And I know I've heard that they've made it a cheer challenge. And so I have heard rumor that there are other um, cheer groups and dance groups working on something right now, which I mean, I haven't seen. But if that's true, then that's, I mean, that's a mind blower right there. Yeah, that's. That's why we do music. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for joining me here today to talk about your journey up to this point and your ability to influence and share your voice. And I hope to possibly join you once again in the future so that we can continue. Yeah, man. Next time uh, I come through Camelips, I'll have to uh, shoot you a message. And, and I, I plan on coming through and playing a show as soon as the lights go green. And uh, I'd love for you to be there. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, hopefully when that light goes back on, you too have the opportunity to catch Danny Strong live playing Undefined. And I hope that you enjoyed the tracks that we played for you today off of Undefined. Tracks like Not Right Now and She Sings. And if you want to hear them again, if you want to hear the rest of Undefined, I suggest you head on over to your favorite music streaming service right now and crank it up. When you're there, go ahead and hit follow so that when Danny hits you with new music in the future, you can also have it in your notifications, in your feed, in your hands, and in your ears. A-S-A-P. And now it is time for our final DTPRoaring thank yous for this episode and the first one of those roaring Desert Tiger thank yous goes to Danny strong for joining us here today to tell us about her journey up until this point another roaring thank you to strut entertainment for helping with setting the conversation up and last but not least a roaring desert tiger thank you to you the ambush for tuning in again like you always do. You're so loyal, you're so dedicated, and I love you for it. I really, truly do. And if you haven't joined up with the ambush yet, well, let me tell you just how easy it is. It's as easy as hitting subscribe or follow on the podcast listening service that you're using right now now yeah it's that easy and if you've already gone ahead and done that there are other great ways you can help support the show like giving us a five star review like sharing this episode with your friends and your family your social media and like heading over to deserttigermerch.com oh yeah i am this Upcoming Friday on the Desert Tiger Podcast, we are joined by Canadian dance music legend and icon, Mela Fresh, as we talk about her new album, Invincible. And this is also going to be the first Desert 
Tiger video interview. So if you've wanted to kind of see a little bit further to see the conversation as it's happening, you now have the opportunity to do that starting this Friday over at the Desert Tiger Colton G YouTube page. So I suggest you head on over there and subscribe right now. But until then, until then, Ambush, you know what it is. I want you to go out and find your mountaintop, to find your oasis, whatever it is that happens to make your heart sing and scream to its fullest capacity, its fullest glory. Find that thing. Craft that thing, grow with that thing, and once your roar is proud and mighty, let it out across that canyon, across that waterfront, and show everyone just how powerful your roar is, and the beauty you are capable of creating, and just how beautiful you are too, and sometimes... Sometimes we don't hear that enough, so I'm going to tell you again, and I hope that you believe me, because you are truly a beautiful soul. And until next week, I guess next Friday, yes, this Friday, with Mella Fresh on the Desert Tiger Podcast. Bye-bye, and I hope you're all feeling real cozy in your winter coats.